Welcome back to the golf preview on RJ Bell's dream preview podcast. Uh, Will Doctor and James Ledbetter here with you again. Big, big week uh, going into the Open. Uh, I know James has a lot of a lot of background on the link style uh, link style golf that they're going to be heading to at uh, Royal St George. But uh, you know, my first initial thoughts were uh, were how many players um, have had to drop out of this uh, tournament just due to COVID or. Uh, other issues if you're in Siwoo Kim or Sung JM's place because you're getting ready for other events, but just not your normal anticipation for arguably, uh, you know, one of the best majors out of the four. Uh, we can have that conversation at a later date. But James, what do you think rolling into Royal St. George? Yeah, so um, it is the the Open Championship. Also, you know, they like calling it uh, the Champion Golf of the Year when you win, right? Which is a little. A little bold over there. I, you know, there's a couple other tournaments that might be in the running, but um, let's just get right into it. So we didn't have the um, British Open last year because of COVID, obviously. Um, so Shane Lowry is our defending champion, and uh, it's going to be nice to have that starter again saying on the tee from USA, Dustin Johnson. Like that guy is just so pure. And, uh, you know, when you hear that guy's voice, you know, it's it's open. Yeah, yeah so, it, it almost feels like he's always asking a question when, when, yeah. he, when he announces it. It's almost like the it's like for, 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 uh, you know, for non-golf fans, it's like the, uh, it's like the announcer at Yankee stadium, uh, yeah. you know, number two, Derek Jeter. It's just, it, it's almost like he's asking a question, but it's really pure way to, to announce names. Yeah. It's definitely a, a staple of the event. So this year it's being contested in sandwich England. And I did some research that is where the original sandwich was made. And the city next to it is called ham funny enough. So you can be traveling through ham sandwich, which is a uh, pretty funny. Uh, so <laughs> Um, it's at Royal St. George's for the first time since 2011 when Darren Clark became the champion golf of the year. Um, so as you know, the British Open is always played on a link style course. So for the rookies, I'll give a little background on kind of what that is. Links courses are normally found um, right next to uh, the coast. So wind and weather always plays kind of a huge factor on really every shot, even to the point where you have a 30 foot putt and it's into a 20 mile an hour wind. You know, that if you played it without the wind, you'd end up like five, six feet short. So um, these will be some of the slower greens of the year because they have to have them slow enough to where it can blow 50 miles an hour and the ball just doesn't, you know, fly off the green. But um, it's, you know, adjustments that most players are going to be able to make. And, and putting, you know, I, I think it's maybe for the golfer that doesn't know as much about Lynx golf, it, it's almost the most underrated part of Lynx golf with just with the wind. Uh, picking up would you agree with that or yeah for sure and it's one of those things as well where these are some of the biggest greens like you know most links courses actually even have double greens where they have two pins on you know one enormous football field size greened on those things so um this the putting stats get a little kind of diluted to the point where you know if you hit it to 150 feet or something like that right you might have a yeah, it's, it's pretty much a full so, shot yeah exactly so you know a couple other characteristics kind of 
with these links courses is um, un uneven fairways. So you're going to have a lot of lies downhill, side hill that you're going to have to obviously take into account. Pot bunkers, you know, they'll have the, I'm sure they'll have the pot bunker cam somewhere out there where, you know, you get up against the lip and, you know, you're on your knees trying to hit some crazy shot. You got to go backwards sometimes. And, you know, realistically, if you have a screw up hole with one of those pot bunkers, we'll see you guys make triple quads, you know, from after missing a wedge from 120 yards or something like that. Right. So those are obviously always out there lurking. And then the other thing is obviously just the deep rough that, uh, you know, the knee high rough that they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, and I know we, we saw this a lot at Carnoustie in 2018, but um, I was reading a little bit today at, at Royal St. George. There's actually there's mounds in the middle of the fairways. You have to either play in front of or over. It, it just There's mounds in the middle of the fairway that can kick your ball straight into the rough, which yeah. I, I thought, was, you know, it's, it's just a lot different than your, your classic American style yeah. golf. Yeah, and I'll touch on that later. It's, you know, obviously a weird thing if you hit a shot in the middle of the fairway and it hits the side of a mound, which kicks into a bunker or the rough. So, um I think that kind of leads to uh, who's won here in the past. And I'll get into that in a second, but just looking at, you know, the, obviously the change of venues every year, the last five British open champions are obviously we talked about Shane Lowry, Francesco Molinari, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson, Zach Johnson. So, you know, a little mix of everything kind of there with our, our past champions. The one thing that, you know, kind of stands out is obviously weather being a factor and you just have to control your ball flight, you know, in all the different conditions. And there is a little bit of the thing, you know, when your tee time is plays a huge role, you know? So if you got the 7 a.m. tee time, get the tee off and post, and then next thing you know, you know, a hurricane comes in, you know, you're sitting in there with your feet up knowing, you know, I'm going to be sitting in a pretty good position by the end of the day. And, you know, a lot of the times when we look at it, you'll see these two, uh, you'll see a lot of the guys in contention come out, come from the same wave. So that's definitely something to look at. Um, also, Looking at specifically Royal St. George's during the event in 2011, when it was played last, three of the top four finishers were in their 40s. We had Phil, Thomas Bjorn, and Darren Clark, who ended up winning. And also looking at the past champions, this course has yielded some crazy winners. We had Darren Clark, who was 200 to one when he won in 2011. We had Ben Curtis, who uh, was the 396th uh, ranked golfer when he won. Uh, and before that, 1981, it was Bill Rogers, who's actually a Texas native, um, which I, he was on. Uh, I was listening to him today, and, and um, yeah, he, he was giving a funny story about him and McCord flying right back from his win and hitting the Playboy Mansion. So I, I thought that was yeah. awesome and definitely have some, uh, some Texas natives in our, in, our, in our lineups this week. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And that Ben Curtis story, too, is funny. He, was, he wasn't even the top 1,000, I guess, like two months before the event, and he had, like, a couple good events in a row, you know, squeaked into the field and boom, won a major. So he's definitely a little bit of a, a one hit wonder there, but well, kind of what you talked about, of course, a lot of guys have described Rolls and George's as, you know, unpredictable and even in sometimes unfair for just what we talked about with those really hilly fairways, you'll hit a perfect tee shot right down the middle. Some of these tee shots even be blind, right? So you hit a perfect shot you think it's perfect. You walk up there and it's in knee high rough chipping out sideways. So that's definitely something to look at in terms of, why we've had a couple of these dark horses, you know, do really well here. So let's just kind of move into those um, British Open favorites. Uh, we'll start with John Rahm at eight to one. He's a number two player in the world, and he is absolutely balling right now. His last four starts, he's coming off a seventh place finish in the Scottish Open. He won before that the U.S. Open. He had the kind of the BS withdrawal at the Memorial with the COVID situation. 
you from know, a betting perspective, like I think it's safe for us to count that as a win. Yeah. I mean, what do you have a six shot lead going to the yeah. final round or something like that? And then before that, just a little sneaky top 10 at the PGA. So he's really been playing well in strokes gain. He's second off the tee and he's seventh coming to the green with that kind of ball striking. It, all you have to really do is putt average and you're, you're going to, you're going to win. Um, one thing to look at, he's really never had a top 10, in the British open, but he's playing the best golf of his career. Um, I do see him doing well this week, but at nine to one with how well he's been doing, you know, I don't, I wouldn't bet him, but I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously he, if he contended. Yeah. And I think the, the other great thing to look at with Rom, um, I mean, I, I, I certainly agree, but his, his, his mental game has just come so far here. And I feel like the last two months, um, mm. you know, I, I told the story about him just losing it at the, at the PGA. And then actually two weeks later at the U S open, dialing mm. back directly to that moment and saying, you know, I, I, I'd rather my son not see me act like that again. So um, yeah. I think the strides that he's made in, in, in the mental aspect of the game are, could really help him out, you know, especially yeah. right off the bat here in conditions that we could face at St. George. Yeah, for sure. I just think it's one of those things where, you know, if this was a standard golf course, no conditions, then I'm loving John Rom because I know every good shot he hits, he hits a lot of them will end up good. But this week, you know, he might just get the wrong wave or he might hit a couple good tee shots that hit a hill and end up in a pop bunker kind of situation. So at nine to one, I just feel like that's a little bit too, uh, too high. So then we got Brooks Kepka at 18 to one, you know, after struggling a little bit last season, Brooks has found his form with seven top tens on the season, um, highlighted by a win at the wasted management. Uh, but honestly, you know, Brooks suits up for majors. It seems like that's the only thing he, he really cares about. He has top fives at the PGA and U S open where he had a chance to win kind of had a little, you know, non Brooks finish, honestly, where he left a couple out there coming in, but been really doing obviously really well in the last couple of majors, a fifth in his most recent start at the travelers. So in terms of recent play, definitely a guy to look at um, and has three top tens at the British open his last four starts. So a lot of things lining up in terms of recent play, you know, playing in this type of event going well. Uh, I love him this week at 18 to one. Yeah. And I think he's really, he's put on that, that kind of alter ego. I just, we, I haven't heard, you know, his name in the past week of prep. I, and I think he does that to himself uh, to kind of, you know, give him that alter ego, ego mindset that kind of boosts him. But yeah, anyways, on to, uh, to Jordan Spieth at 20 to one and, and, I would have loved to see Jordan maybe play the Scottish or Irish this uh, the past two weeks and, or even the travelers, which he usually plays leading up to the open. But, uh, you know, he's coming into the week off a fairly long layoff. Uh, but why the hell should I have a say in how Spieth preps for the open? The guys never missed a cut in seven of them, uh, you know, T4 um, and 15 at St. Andrews, one obviously at Birkdale and 17 and then ninth at, uh, at Carnoustie were, were kind of those, those featured top tens and, uh, you know, the only, the only thing James that, that I see out of Jordan is, I mean, he isn't the best with his T-ball in the world this year, but, but what year is he ever? Yeah. And it's one of those things where this year he's kind of been, you know, where he wants to be with his ball striking. You know what I'm saying? We know Spieth is pretty much auto inside 20 feet. As long as he's not losing a tremendous strokes of field off the tee or, you know, to the green, he's going to be right in there. Even to the point where, you know, we talked about all of his good results, obviously, in the British Open. But even last time they played the British Open, 
he finished tied 20th with a final round 77, right? So he was really kind of right in there. And I remember looking at some stat where he was, it was something stupid. I think he might've hit like single digit fairways for the week and still <laughs> finished like, obviously, you know, uh, your luck's no. going to run out eventually. And I kind of did that final round, but you know, with his short game, as long as he's keeping the ball in play, he's going to be money. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, when he, when he finished, uh, you know, ninth at Carnoustie and in, in those two years that you just talked about 17 and 18, he was losing shots and almost the majority of all the events, yeah. Yeah. um, off the tee coming into it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the possibility of Spieth, you know, spraying it all over the map and still finding a way to finish top five. And, um, you know, I think it just goes to show you that the guys who, who kind of, grow up in these Texas-like winds to find a way to get it done across the pond. Scotty Scheffler is kind of a, another one that we might talk about later, but um, I, I think Jordan Spieth is a great option this week. I think a, a sneaky bet is, is, uh, is Spieth plus 275 as a player to, to, uh, to finish the highest. He's a former winner. Uh, so that's a oh, sneaky, that's a sneaky one in bet MGM. So that's a, uh, that's a specific, specific uh, yeah. prop. Bet no, there. Really I, like is. I mean, the, fir- the, the, the leader in the odds in that one is, is Rory at plus 275. And I, I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, we have our questions about him, which we'll talk about later. These props are getting so specific. It's to me like, who's the going to be the uh, highest ranking like Scorpio by like next January. <laughs> yeah. yeah hey, I might, I might have a pick of the, uh, the highest finning South African later. So, yeah, so we'll see. There we about go. That. All right. So let's move into the next one. We have Justin Thomas at 20 to one. I keep thinking he's not having this like good year. And then I'm looking at it and he's sixth in FedEx cup. And I just completely forget. I always forget that he won the players. Um, he hasn't had a top since, Top 10 since then, though. So, you know, that's something to look at a little bit. Um, having said that, kind of, kind of going back and forth here, he's finished top 50 in seven of his last eight events. So for someone like JT, I would kind of describe that stretch as, you know, mediocre when his goal every week when he tees it up is to win or contend at least. But the one thing that's kind of been holding him back this year is the putter. You know, he's like outside the top 90 in putting. And, well, we got to get like a siren button for like there's a, for putter changes, putter change alerts. What do you think of that? Is he switching over this week? So is he he moving away from this Futura? He is moving away from Futura. It's actually the same head, but a different uh, neck. So um, he's been, you know, searching a little bit. Obviously, he hasn't been putting that great. Putting, it does does play a role in a British Open. You know I mean? Saying uh, we talked about with the huge greens, you're going to have five, six, seven footers, uh, you know, for par saves in 20 mile an hour wind, which is another thing to even think about in terms of, uh, um, you know, even looking at guys that are a little more solid, right. Brooks might, you know, putt a little better than, uh, some super tall guy in a 40 mile an hour gust, you know what I'm saying? In terms of just looking at build and stuff like that, but getting back to the putter change, you know, he just hasn't putted well enough this year. So he's kind of, you know, searching a little bit. Um, so having said that at 20, sorry, at uh 20 to one, I really do like JT. Um, the ball striking's always showing up. It's just one of those things. If you can get the putter going, he is uh he's gonna be right in there. Yeah, and just to, you know, I don't mind the putting change, you know, a couple of days before the before the open. I mean, I think Rom, Rom actually switched his putter uh a week before he won the US Open and he and he talked about just you know getting over it and 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 mm. seeing yeah. something totally different and that kind of re-sparking his confidence. Yeah, and one more thing kind of adding to that, you know, we always like talk about the putter change and stuff like that. But uh, it's one thing if you're going from a normal blade to like a spaceship, right? 
um, or to, even to, to a in- right hand arm lock. Yeah, or even changing the insert for that matter, right? Like, say you're used to using a putter that's metal, and then you're switching to one that's like plastic or carbon or something like that. So it's not like you know, uh, Judd Thomas is going to get up there and just like be, you know, on the third hole and leave a putt twenty feet short because he's used to his putter going a different distance, kind of thing. It's kind of the same putter, but just a slight tweak to it. So I do like him this week. Um, you know, having said all that, at twenty to one, and then you know, moving right into Rory at twenty to one. He's 11th in strokes gained tee to green this season. He won earlier this year at Quail Hollow. Um, he's coming off a seventh place finish in the U.S. Open. And, uh, you know, going back to kind of his uh, British Open, you know, statistics through the actually, years. He actually missed the cut last week at the Scottish. Uh, yes. Sorry. Really did, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of these things where you kind of, you know, maybe he's he, you know, he wins last week. Right. He's maybe 12 to one, 14 to one. So I'm not always the biggest concern when you, you know, when you're looking at these kind of Mount Rushmore guys, you know, top four or five guys in the world um, and they miss a cut, it's not that big a deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, kind of just going back into, you know, uh, sorry, Rory's British open statistics and stuff. He's won the event at Royal Liverpool. He's finished in the top five and four of his last five starts in British open. So I do love him this week. If anyone's due for a major, it seems like it's Rory. And he's one of those guys in the field, quite honestly, that if his game's on, He's the type of guy you can kind of win, just run away with the tournament. Yeah, and I know, I know we we talked a little bit, uh, you know, before the pod about you know his his post tournament interviews about you know his game coming around. You know, I, I noticed the latest one was that he he made some you know a couple swing changes with Pete Cowan uh, mm. before the Scottish, and it, it was kind of one of those you know out of answer type responses to the media for Rory, and I, I just wonder, you know it's been so long, you know, is it, is it really start, is it time to kind of question him? Because he said it, it's not a swing thing. You know, it, it's obviously it's a little bit of the putting uh, getting going. And, and mm. obviously I, I'm wondering if the mental factor kind of, kind of plays into that because I, I mean, I think I'm going to stay away from him this week. And one thing too, kind of what you talked about is when you're playing in these kind of conditions, when it's, you know, pissing down rain and 30 mile an hour winds, you know, you can't be worried about tucking your elbow, you yeah. know, on the way back, you know? So for someone who might be struggling with their swing a little bit, sometimes it helps, you know, getting those elements kind of in the way, you know, filling up most of your brings brain, out right? some creative it's, ideas. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you might be 140 yards, but needing to hit a six iron, or you might be 140 yards and needing to hit a sand wedge just based on kind of the elements. So a lot of those things can kind of be, you know, thrown out the window. So, you know, moving right into, uh, Xander. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Xander at 20 to one, um, you know, on top of playing extremely well and consistent every week this year, I, I thought, uh, you know, unlike what I said about Spieth, I thought Xander went around, went about his, his open championship preparation in, in a, in a very good way. Played the Scottish last week, finished 10th at 14 under, um, and, and it's impossible to find a bad performance in a big event from Xander this year, you know, teeth, T3 at the Masters, T7 at the U.S. Open, 18th at match play. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm having trouble finding flaws in this guy this week, James. Yeah, so we got we got a new nickname alert. I'm thinking Alexander the second. Wow. Right. <laughs> it seems like it seems like he always finishes second. So he's you know kind of what you talked about. He's been playing well. He's 12th tee to green. He's 11th in putting. And it's honestly, you just read those two stats: 12th tee to green, 11th in putting. How do you? How have you not won more? It doesn't even like make sense. He has three second place finishes this year, kind of what we alluded to. And 
I, know I love got, those two. I love those two things coming into Lynx Golf, though. Yeah, but I, even looking at the Masters, right? It's like I know Hideki won, right? He played great, but it kind of seemed like that was Xander's tournament. And it, let's even talk about thirty seconds. What the hell happened on the sixteenth hole where he's like, "I flushed it," and it like ends up like thirty yards short left in the water that has never. I've never. I've seen a ball go in there like three times. <laughs> we call it a BSBD answer. Yeah, <laughs> there's just no way. There's no or 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 just saving the caddy. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean, you, looking, go, you have to go no comment there. <laughs> yeah, and also looking, you know, his track record still a very young player. His track record isn't long overseas, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, T20 at Birkdale in 17, second at Carnoustie, and if it, you know, he finished 41st and 19 at Port Rush. But if it wasn't for a final round 78. It, likely would have been i think a top 20 finish yeah i think just kind of finishing up on xander his all-around game is just honestly ridiculous it's not really one of those things if he's going to be uh in the mix late on sunday it's just kind of whether he gets to the finish line or not you know yeah Um, i really like xander top five at plus 375 or top 10 at plus 175 i don't think you can go wrong with either yeah, then you're not sweating too much if he's got like a two shot lead with, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with two exactly. to play, right? He's Alexander yeah, the so second. Let, yeah, so let, yeah, let's move into Dustin Johnson at 22 to one. The reigning Masters champion is 17th in stroke gain this year and has finished inside the top 25 in his last three starts. Um, kind of been a little bit roller coastery in the British Open. Um, he only has three top tens, but his highest finish in the British Open was actually at Royal St. George's, where he finished tied second. I remember kind of watching that. Yeah, that would have been 10 years now. Go around uh, now. Jeez. Crazy. Uh, he hit it out of bounds with his second shot on a par five in the final round. Choker narrative like really started getting going because I I'm pretty uh, we'll throw in the sandwich reference, right? Because we're in sandwich England. But that was sandwich kind of between the pebble. Yes. Pebble beach where he chipped it like four times from the yeah, same spot. G- and then GMAC won. Yeah, and then, you know, that was sandwiched between that and, like, the PGA ruling debacle. But, you know, luckily he's obviously uh, – not luckily. He's obviously very solid, but uh, he's had some, you know, good results in majors going uh, forward. But um, with his solid play of late and um, his positive course history, I, I do like uh, Dustin this week at 22-1. to 1. Okay, moving right along into uh, into Victor Hovland at, at 30-1. to 1. Track record not – Overly long um, at, at open championship venues. I think this is only his second. Uh, or, no, this is his first open. This is his first um, open championship. Uh, got a win a couple weeks ago at the BMW, 68, 67, 64, 70. Uh, so obviously prepped and, and ready to go. Before then, um, you know, wasn't the sharpest around the greens or on them. Um, had a rough go at the memorial and, and, Personally, I just I don't think he's he's performed well enough at these bigger venues this year. Had a had a pretty bad run at the players. Played well at the Masters, but but it was you know Augusta is now a venue that that he knows fairly well. Um, and then thirtieth at the PGA, uh, where kind of got hurt around the greens a little bit. Obviously, not a bad performance, but uh, I, I don't have a ticket on Victor Hovland this week. Uh, not playing anything mm-hmm. on him. Yeah, so I just want to add a little bit to Victor. He's in his last 50 rounds, he's seventh in strokes gained tee to green. And um, kind of one of those guys where we kind of talked about him, supremely talented. Just if he gets the putter going, you know, he's got a chance. So uh, I'm actually staying away from him this week as well, Will. 
Uh, I just think there's a little bit too much hype going with the Victor train. I know he's a great player and he's won now on PGA Tour, European Tour, won obviously a ton in college. But, you know, we'll we'll talk about our next guy, but I just, I do not see as, uh, I do not see Lou, sorry, I do not see uh, Victor on the same level as Bryson or even ahead of Bryson in, in betting. And that's where they have him at right now. And so that's why, you know, it's a bit of a stay away from me. So, let's, so you know, yeah, move- <clears throat> moving into uh, into Louis Oosthuizen at, at twenty eight to one. Obviously, the two thousand ten uh, Open Championship at St Andrews, and it's interesting. He hasn't driven the ball as well as you think, and it's not as well as you think because of the resurgence that he's had in two thousand twenty one. In the last two majors uh, this year, he's lost shots to the field off the tee and finished second in both. And mm. the way he's done that is he scrambled extremely well. He picked up five shots on the greens. Um, at the PGA and three at the U.S. Open. And and to top it all off, I feel like he's found his putting again after a terrible year on the greens in 2020. It, this actually might be the best putting year of his career so far. So, uh, you know, I know you have a couple thoughts. I love Louis at plus 275, um, you know, top 10. And, and I have a couple other um, uh, tickets on him this year that we'll, we'll get to. Yeah, so just kind of adding to that Louis thing. Um, obviously, he won. He's finished second in the event. He actually, the first three times he played the event, he missed the cut, and it seems like he's kind of figured it out now. Um, but another guy, just kind of similar to the Brooks, just shows up for the big tournaments. You know, Patrick Reed, obviously, another one of those guys. Well, even thinking to the point where I've heard these like stories about Louis where he like doesn't touch a club in between tournaments. He just goes and like drives his John Deere tractor, which how is he not playing the John Deere? Like, come on. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they give him some sort of deal on 10 tractors to get the 11th free, but uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, he's such like a mellow guy and such, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if they, he was on some like jeopardy game or trivia game and they asked him to name five PGA tour events and he couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Five non-major PGA tour events. I don't, I think he'd start with the four majors and struggle to find the fifth, you know, Um, or players in this decade. He probably couldn't name them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm, well, same for me. I'm on him this week as well. Uh, just one of those guys that's putting so well right now that if he just gets the ball on the planet, he's going to be, he's going to do just fine. And so let's just move into our last, but not least, Mr. DeChambeau. Uh, you know, a lot of rumors swirling around him, but Bryson DeChambeau at 33 to one. Bryson has a win this year at Bay Hill and is leading the tour in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, 33 to one. I think this is the biggest overreaction ever. Okay. I love Bryson at 33 to one. When you got guys like Hovland at 30 to one and I can get Bryson, I'm absolutely going to take it. Um, I think the books are overreacting to the caddy split combined with the miscut. And it's one of those media narratives that kind of gets rolling sometimes and you might be able to cash in on it. Um, I'm on that narrative. I, I'm, I, I have, I have huge, huge questions on, on who's going to be. On okay. But let me just break it down. So <laughs> caddies play a huge role. Do not get me wrong. Okay. You got the, player relationship you know you trust a guy of course you know if you just rolled up and had the random head pro caddy for you you know you might not have the same chemistry but I don't think the caddy situation is that big deal at all right Bryson's the mathematician I'd worry I'd worry realistically more if DJ's caddy didn't show up right would that guy even be able to yeah at least we know Bryson has the capacity yeah do we know DJ would be able to find the first tee without his caddy No. no no absolutely not no okay so you know, they're also, you know, they look at a couple of things. I know Bryson's is his best finish in the British Open is 51st, but they haven't had a British Open in two years, and he's a completely different player than he was two years ago. So 
Um, I do love Bryson at 33 to one. When you're leading strokes gained off the tee, your top 40 in putting, those two factors are just going to, you know, pay huge dividends this week. Yeah, I guess so I'm Will still, looks- I guess I'm still rattled. You know, I had him top five at Detroit, finds out it, the caddy's off the bag the next day. I should have hedged it. But yeah, moving into, uh, into our uh, open picks to place, and I'll start it off right here. Uh, my first one's Jordan Spieth, top 20 at plus 100. I think it's easy money right there. He hasn't finished um, outside the top 20 in any major this year. Um, and what I love most is historically he performs well, um, at the open, regardless of how he's playing before or, or how he's hitting his T ball. That's what I love about speed. So, uh, speed top 20 at plus 100. My next one, uh, staying in Dallas right here, Scotty Scheffler top 20 at plus 160. Um, love how he came across the pond early to play in the Scottish finished 12th there. Um, and, and what I liked particularly last weekend was that he continued to, to roll the rock. Well, it's, it's the only stat line. Like, you know, if you look at big picture this year that he's really had to improve on, uh, he's lost shots in the greens in five of his last nine events, but, uh, picked up eight at the, uh, at a seventh place finish at the U S and, and was eighth in the field and putting last week at the Scottish. I think it's safe to say he's got that dialed back in. Uh, I love Scotty Scheffler top 20, uh, plus 100 led, uh, led what are your picks to place this week? Yeah. So kind of, you know, what I said earlier, we got Bryson Shambo top 10 plus 380. I just think it's a complete overreaction um, by the books. Bryson's 35th on tours putting um, combining that with his length. I don't care if they're playing on the moon. I love him top 10 at plus 380. Uh, so, and then my other guy, I think we got a little value here. One of the things I'm looking at um, statistically this week is three putt avoidance. Um just naming a couple guys in the top five uh, in that category are uh, Cheryl Hatton, Brian Harmon, and um, the guy who I like this week, Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes, top 20 um, at uh, 10 to 1. So, uh, links, you know, kind of looking at that three putt avoidance, you know, statistic, links courses have huge greens. And more often than not, you're going to have these, you know, 40 feet plus putts and 20 mile an hour wins that kind of end up determining how you do in the British Open. It's, it's kind of one of those things where you have, would you say, would you say putting on Lynx dog golf course is hands down most important thing? You know, it's, it's tough, right? Because, you know, you could putt great and get in a pot bunker, make quad. Right. So obviously I think it's one of those things where, you know, like they talk about putting speed, obviously being an extremely important thing. Um, I think obviously to win, you have to putt well, right. But it's one of those things where if you hit it, you hit it to 53, 50 plus feet, three holes in a row, and you don't have a three putt, you know, that's almost luck in terms of, you know, these links courses normally have obviously a ton of conditions, you know, these huge greens with tons of undulation. And it's one of those things where your, your uh, luck is going to run out eventually if you keep leaving yourself these 50, 60 footers, but I'm not kidding. Um, with these three point avoidance things, obviously we know you can hit 14 greens and have, 40 putts and you, you know, you're going to be packing, you're yeah. uh, slamming the trunk pretty early. So I have Mackenzie Hughes top 20, 20 um, at 10 to one and kind of looking at his recent play uh, in his last start, he has a tied 14th in the rocket mortgage uh, and, you know, kind of under the radar, he held a share of kind of weird to look at. He held a share of the lead going to the final round of the USL before he threw up a 77. So his ball striking has been a little sus this season, <laughs> but uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, it seems to his, uh, he have, he's gotten it together enough to warrant a top 20 pick. 
So moving into uh, to picks to win at the Open Championship, I, I just have one. I'm rolling with Brooks Kepka at at, uh, at, uh, at eighteen to one. Uh, you know, we, we talked about him earlier. I, I feel like uh, Brooks, from a from a media perspective, which we know means everything to him, has kind of fell off uh, going into this event. Uh, not because of his playing at all, but uh, I feel like you know he sets up the alter ego to kind of you know for times like this. And kind of the under the radar thing is Bryson's sixth in the world and Brooks is eighth in the world, you know, so a little something, <laughs> a little something to prove there. Um, I'm sure Brooks knows exactly what he needs to finish ahead of Bryson to get, <laughs> to get ahead of yeah. him. <laughs> and, and, and just to review kind of, you know, why, you know, I, I think, you know, I speak for both of us and liking him. I mean, he, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough to avoid him this week. You know, he, he's, uh, he, he missed a cut at, at the masters in, in the Byron Nelson when he's battling injury and putting, but since, I mean, top five finished the PGA, the U.S., and most recently the Travelers, and he's finished top ten in fifty percent of the Open Championships that he's played. So, yeah, um, like um, you said, maybe chip on shoulder, Brooks. Love him going into this. Yeah, week. and I completely agree with that. I love him at that number. All right, for my picks to win, I have Jordan Spieth at twenty to one. In Jordan's uh, last twenty-four rounds, he's fifth in strokes gained and fourteenth in putting. And those are obviously two stra- uh, two stats that are gonna, you know be huge for this next week uh he's a former champion and he hasn't finished outside the top 40 45 in six of his last seven british open starts so obviously loves this kind of golf and then my other pick is matthew fitzpatrick at 50 to 1 he's coming off a tied second the scottish open uh, he's stroke in stroke skin punting he's 12th on the season he's one of those guys if he strikes it well he's going to be right in there and this season he's kind of had a rough year to degree he's he's uh 90th but in his last uh, 50 rounds, he's 26. So he's obviously found something his ball striking. Yeah, I actually kind of follow you up. My dark horse is, is Matthew Fitzpatrick at, uh, at 50 to one and, and was in a playoff last week at the Scottish open where he, he, he lost to Min Woo Lee, uh, like you said, but he has found his iron play. He he's hit, you know, he hit over 80% of his greens last week, which, which he hadn't done, um, up to this point of the season, you combine, uh, you know, these two things with his automatically his automatic ability to hit fairways and, and the excitement of uh, this being his first open championship in his home country of England. I think he's going to give himself a great chance to contend at the open this week. Yeah. It sounds like the dog, you know, seconds. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, well. I think it's all the speed talk, all this Texas talk, just getting the dog riled up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry so, on this end. So then for, uh, for my dark horse, I have Garrett Higo at a hundred to one. I'm going team lefty here. Uh, he won the Palmetto Championship uh, in his second PJ Tour start, which is just kind of a crazy thing to think about. No one, no one's really ever done that. And kind of under the radar has two other European Tour wins in the last couple months. So, kind of looking at him statistically, when he fin- when he's around the lead, he wins. So he has missed cuts in his two of his last three starts. So I think his numbers a little more inflated than it would be if he had been playing a little better. So if I can get a guy who's won three times this year at 100 to one, I'm absolutely going to do it. And we'll kind of we'll just go over those. Uh, those yeah, DraftKings. back against the wall, DraftKings. It's it's getting embarrassing now. I mean, it's almost like uh, it's almost like Rory's inability to to win a to win a major. But yeah, here we go. Uh, DraftKings showdown. Pretty sure zero and four. Are we at zero and five? Maybe no. We're I at believe 0-4. we'll oh. go with zero and four. Zero and four. Okay, yeah. so my DraftKings lineup this week very strong. Uh, we're going <laughs> we're going Brooks. Uh, we're going Brooks Kepka. We're going Jordan Spieth. We're going Scotty Scheffler tying the Texas boys in together, Dallas Pacific. Uh, I mean, 
it's just amazing how the, how the, the Texas ones have prepared them for these moments. And then yes. you know, we're going to Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, Tim England, Ian Poulter also, also wow. in there this week. And then last but not least, kind of a sneaker. I got Johannes Veerman, um, who Houston native Aggie alumni finished second at the Irish open and the top 20 did at the Scottish last week, got himself into the open. So yeah, that's my lineup going this week. Yeah, we'll we'll see if Ian Poulter breaks out the British Open pants. Remember when he had the Claire jug on one of his uh, leg pants? It's like, okay, what are we? Yeah, doing? Well, hey, it, it's a it's a Ryder Cup year, so just expect expect the fireness to come out. Yeah, you know, maybe you're you know maybe your luck will change going across the pond, a little different time zone. You might be able to get on the board here with a with a dub. But <laughs> I do love my DraftKings lineup this week. I have Brooks Kepka, um, Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Fitzpatrick, Joko. Joaquin wow. Neiman um, and kind of going, you know, some of the shots that Joaquin hits like these stingers off the tee that looks like they carry 150 and roll 200 to get to, <laughs> to get the it's going to set up so well for him this week. Shit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I just think he has all the shots and he has all, you know, he has the short game. Um, and then kind of going off my other picks, Garrett Higo. And uh, last but not least, I can get Sam Burns at a really nice number. So uh, Will. Best of luck, right? So uh, let's just get, kind of get into the, our uh, best bets of the week. Yeah, so my uh, my best bet at the Open Championship this week is Louis Oosthuizen to finish at the, as the top South African at plus 200. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Red, uh, a lot. We talked a little bit already about how well uh, Louis has been playing. Uh, but when I, you know, when I dove into this, I kind of looked at it at, you know, the other two Actually, three, I'll be going, you know, I'll be going against Led's pick with Higo. Uh, but, I, you know, I was kind of looking more at uh, Brandon Grace and, and uh, Eric Van Royen as the other two South Africans. And, you know, Grace has played well the past two events, but over the course of the season, I don't think he's, he's really uh, hitting his irons uh, quite like he was in the past, you know, obviously to beat Louis, who's red hot, and, and Van Royen, who's, you know, battled COVID withdrawals, you know, off and on the past two months. Um, you know, I, Those- I, I just – I think team, you know, team South Africa is going to be uh, led by Louis by a lot. Uh, so my best bet is Louis says in the top South African at plus 200. Yeah. And I, uh, for my British open best bet, I got Brooks Kepka top 10 plus 188. It's just getting to the point where if Brooks doesn't contend in majors, I'm beside myself. You know I mean, <laughs> I'm like absolutely, you know, confused you know, think he went out the night before too much or something, uh, you know, kind of, well, hey, it's, past- it's pretty, it's pretty tough to catch a buzz off Michelob. So I don't think we have to worry about that with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, to delete like 20 of them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just looking at Brooks, uh, past couple majors here, top fives in both of them, three top tens, at the British open his last four starts, uh, Brooks Kepka top 10 plus 188, lock it in. Love it. Lad. Hey, Best of luck to everyone this week with their open championship pit picks uh, and, and root for me against Led and DraftKings. All I got to say, I need everyone's luck this week. Yeah, little British open twist. Good luck, mate.